Attention all personnel. Incoming podcast. This is MASH Matters. Good day. Here we are. Episode 22 of MASH Matters. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Please. Please sit down, sit down, please. You're <laughs> embarrassing me. Hello, I'm Ryan Patrick, and here's my partner, Mr. Jeff Maxwell. Hello, sir. Hello, Ryan, and how are you today? Uh, I'm still kind of on a Mike Farrell high. The last two episodes, yeah. uh, really, I'll, I'll be honest, the, the two biggest episodes of our podcast so far, we've had thousands of people downloading it and listening to it, and then... We're hearing from them. My goodness, the outpouring of love has been amazing. Not not necessarily for us, but man, people are loving Mr. Farrell. That's for sure. Well, he's certainly worth loving. That interview was really, really enjoyable. And I learned a lot about him. And it was sure fun to have him uh, give his you know history of MASH and how he got there and what he thought about it. Boy, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And by virtue of all of the responses we've got, Apparently, you listeners out there enjoyed it as well, by golly. <laughs> yes. And I will tell you, too, that the love that we've been getting is not just from the continental United States. We have gone worldwide, ladies and gentlemen. Um, according to the Apple podcast charts, we've cracked the charts in Germany, Singapore, Norway, Romania, New Zealand, Australia, Great Britain, Canada, Ireland, and here in the U.S. of A. And did you, have you seen those demonstrations in Hong Kong? My God, at the airport? Holy moly. Wait, are we responsible for that? Of course. That was their appreciation of the interview. I had no idea. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. It just warmed my heart when I saw those people doing that. Thank you to everybody who has downloaded and listened to the podcast and uh, shared the podcast and uh, sent us great messages. We have received the most mail in the last few weeks than we ever have in our first year of doing this podcast. So wow. if it's okay with you, we'll just jump in and, and go through a bunch of messages that we've received here in the last few weeks and uh, read some of the feedback from the Mike Farrell interview. If this is your first time listening to the Mash Matters podcast, you need to go back and listen to uh, the back episodes. You can do that on our website, mashmatterspodcast.com. Uh, you can also download on your favorite podcast player. And uh, I, I'd like to start off just reading some of the feedback to the Mike Farrell episode, if that's okay with you. Please do. Jamie Narragon said, fantastic, insightful interview. I gained even more respect for Mike through his responses. I also think you hit on a big point. MASH resonates with so many people for so many reasons. It almost has achieved a timelessness. Aww. Thank you for this. And thank you, Jamie. And Dina McDonald says... Wonderful podcast in exclamation point. Ryan and Jeff, thanks for bringing us the Mike Farrell interview. And thank you to Mike, definitely, for sharing his reflections. It's so refreshing to listen to such a talented and well-spoken actor who still has a love and reverence for the people he once worked with. I could have used a tissue or two as well, she says. Thank you, Dina. <laughs> Thank you. It is. It's true. I mean, that's a very true thing. And I, I did tear up. Yeah. And and I think Mike was affected. My wife actually was listening to the podcast this week and she said, did, did he get emotional a few times? And uh, I think he did. You know, he said at the end that his cheeks were wet from some of the uh, the memories that he relived during the interview. So that was special. Yeah. Mike Garrison, he said, such a fantastic interview. Also, as a MASH geek, I liked hearing what the name BJ really stands for. 
Also neat that Jamie Cromwell and Alan Fudge, who uh, tried out for the role of BJ, both later appeared on MASH. I think it shows that the executive production team had a hell of a memory and would call back great actors, even though they didn't get the part to appear later on the show. Yeah. And that's true. Uh, James Cromwell appeared as BJ's practical joking best buddy. And then Alan Fudge was uh, uh, Captain Chandler in Quo Vadis, Captain Chandler. So, yeah, both of those actors could have been BJ, but uh, they weren't. And I can't imagine James Cromwell as BJ and I can't imagine Alan Fudge as BJ. But had they gotten the role, I'd be sitting here going, oh, I can't imagine Mike Farrell as BJ, you know? so <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, I, I think I said it during the interview. I hope I did. But I, I want to say that James Cromwell and because I was there that day and I watched the tests and Jamie and Alan Fudge were both very, very good. They're both very accomplished actors and we all enjoy them in the parts that they had later on the show. And they did a uh, they did a very terrific job. It just so happens, you know, that I think Mike's uh, and Alan's relationship sort of in the moments where it was quiet in the silences, as I said, really made the difference. And I think it was it really gave a, a relationship that wasn't necessarily there as visible with the other two guys. But boy, they were both very good. Uh, and there was a third guy or actually a fourth actor who did it. I can't remember his name, but but they were all you know, these were top of the line actors. There was no goofball in the group. And Jamie and Alan were terrific. But, you know, hey, you get the part if you if it's right. And it was right for Mike. And that was great. And if you were the fourth actor and you are listening to this podcast, please <laughs> let us know who you were. Yeah, please. Yeah, really. I'd love to know. I, I, yeah. I'm dying to know. I could probably, I don't know if I could go back and figure that out or not, but I really would love to remember who it was because uh, he was good too. Well, speaking of the screen test, Lisa Fetzko, who is a friend of our podcast, she wrote in and said, Jeff, do you remember why you were in everyone's screen test that day? Was it because you had prior casting experience or did you regularly sit in on the mass screen tests? Uh, she also says, I recently got your book and ordered Just Call Me Mike today. So thank you, Lisa. So why were you sitting in on the screen test? Do you remember? I probably had nothing else to do. <laughs> I probably. I mean, how do I do it? I don't know. I go over and sit in these things. There are two reasons, possibly. One, I was acting as Alan Alda's stand-in, which was really unnecessary because it was just one scene and two guys. So that was kind of unnecessary, which leads me to believe that I wasn't really there for that reason. Uh, the other reason could have been that I was at Fox and I had a lot of friends there. I used to go there just to, you know, hang out or have lunch or see people or do stuff. And I very well may have said, hey, they're doing the screen. Time. I got to go over and see that. I think that's probably why I was there. Gotcha. Just to, to watch and kind of be supportive and hang out and, and have some, and you know, fun. And it was. Did you set in on any other screen test? Do you recall? Uh, to my knowledge, uh, I never, there wasn't any other screen tests. Mm, okay. It's possible there was, but I don't think there was. The other actors that were chosen, like Harry Morgan, they just asked him. They weren't going to probably ask him to do a screen test. He'd already done one, really, when he played the role of the crazy general. Yes, General Steele, yes. Yeah, Yeah, and plus that, I mean, Harry Morgan was Harry Morgan. You really, yeah. <laughs> you don't ask him to do that, really. Right. 
Harry, <laughs> you've been in 300 and in the most incredible movies ever made in the history of the planet. Would you do this thing? I see on your resume uh, the show Dragnet. Uh, tell us about I don't know what this Dragnet is. Tell us about that, <laughs> would you? Now, when doing this inherit the wind thing, I mean, did you like being the judge or what was that all about? I don't know. Right. <laughs> so I don't think there was. And then when. Uh, David uh, Styers came in. I think he was just chosen by. Uh, yeah, I think the story is I can't remember if it was Metcalf or uh, if Gene Reynolds, one of the two had seen him or worked with him when he was on the Mary Tyler Moore show. Apparently he was on that show as this pompous, arrogant uh, station owner. And I, although I don't, I don't think I've ever seen that episode, I'd love to be able to track that down and watch it. But something from that appearance on the Mary Tyler Moore show really stood out. And that's why he was uh, pretty much a shoe in for Winchester. You have to excuse me. I have a meeting to go to. But you don't scare us. We're walking. That's right. We're, we're walking. <laughs> Please understand. It's business. Personally, I love you both. I think you're great people. In fact, I'm hoping you'll change your minds and come back to be uh, part of the family again, back where you're appreciated, where you'll have the warmth of WJM to embrace you. If not, I'll see to it that you both die in the gutter. Have a nice day. You never know what one job is going to lead to, do you? That's true. And when you're an actor in Los Angeles running around trying to do all these auditions, you kind of never know, even if you go in and you think you were brilliant in an audition and you didn't get it and you want to slit your wrists. You never know that that casting director think, you know, hey, he didn't get this part, but, you know, two weeks down the road, she has a part that she thinks is really good for you and better for you. And they call you in. So you never know. And you can't be really, you know, to all your, you know, budding actors out there, don't be depressed. Don't jump off the roof just because you didn't get one of those parts, because down the road, <laughs> you're gonna. And it's it'll yeah. be maybe even better than the one that you thought you should have got. Or not. I don't know. <laughs> you know, what we kind of learned from the uh, Mike Farrell interview is uh, you don't just always take the first thing that comes along because, you know, something was offered to him. He he was offered the lead in some comedy show, but he, he turned it down. He turned it down because, it, you know, it, it wasn't what he wanted to do. And mm -hmm. had he done that, he would not have been BJ. And, you know, we would have been looking at an Alan Fudge or we would have been looking at James Cromwell. Not that there is anything wrong with that they're both fine actors but because of that one decision to turn that down and and not go with uh, something just because it was offered to him he made a life-changing and, and television history changing choice by doing that he did yeah he did he was in a in a kind of a an enviable spot for most actors uh at that point i think he was under contract mm -hmm. and so he was sort of given these shows and said we'll do this or not or he told that story but a lot of people before they get in a situation like that are just going up on interview after interview or audition after audition after audition don't have the uh, the ability to relax and say, well, I'm under contract with so someone to show up. He did. And that's great. And that's why he was able to turn things down. If just an actor is out there and they get a part and it's a series or whatever, unless it's just so abhorrent <laughs> to your morals <laughs> that you yeah. can't do it. You know, I would always say do it and worry about it later because yeah. you get on a set, you get in the pathway of everything else once you're on a set and doing something. So it's mm -hmm. I don't think any actor should turn things down too often unless they're in a situation, as I say, it's a horrible, repugnant <laughs> idea or you have the... Uh, 
you know, that that cushion of being under contract or something. Before we move on to some of these uh, questions and comments we got from listeners, I want to give a shout out to a couple of people. And I'm going to probably destroy this lady's last name. And I'm sorry, because (laughs) I didn't I didn't ask her how to pronounce her last name. So. Andrea Lynn Van Binschotten, 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 Binschotten. Andrea, you know who you are. Uh, Andrea reached out to me uh, a couple weeks ago, and she made me aware of an issue with our website, which is mashmatterspodcast.com. She made me aware of an issue, and then a friend of mine uh, who is also a uh, website whiz, Callie Chrisman, she fixed it for us. So I want to thank Andrea and Callie for their web expertise because uh when it comes to that i'm kind of an idiot (laughs) and i'm thankful that uh, there are people like andrea and Callie because uh, they make me look less like an idiot uh, in the long run so it's always good to have web mistresses (laughs) thank you andrea and Callie, for being our web mistresses we'll keep that quiet if you don't mind just between us That's right. I want to hear you pronounce Andrea's last name one more time, though, just for the heck of it. No, no. She's got a great, a beautiful last name. Nobody can pronounce it, but it's beautiful. Yes. The Mash Matters podcast, ruining people's last names for 22 episodes and counting. Right here. All right. Let's open up the mailbag here. All right. Hey, mail call. Yes, yes, yes. I'll write you a long letter right away. You got a letter written in mumble. Listen, everybody, I got a whole bunch of letters here, and they're all on stationery from the Pierre Hotel. Yeah, so our first letter, and again, some of these are just questions, some are just comments. Our first one came in from Paul Lind, not Paul Lind, who was the center square on Hollywood Squares for so many years, but Paul Lind, he says, hello, gentlemen, my name is Paul, I live in Florida, I was two years old when MASH first aired, I have too many favorite episodes to count, your podcast is great, I can't wait until the next episode, MASH is and always will be one of my favorite shows, something I noticed is more fun on a set, the better the show. I would like to thank you and the cast from a very happy fan. I don't know if it's too late, but your sign off could be, ladies and gentlemen, take my advice, pull down your pants and slide on the ice. Thank you, Paul. But yes, you're too late. We've closed that poll a long time ago, but uh, that would have been a good send off. Yeah, that would have been good. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't even think of that. Did we think of that? That was not in the running. No, but it would have been a good one. So, Paul, you, you're just late to the game. But yeah. That's OK. We still love you, Paul. Well, we can pronounce your last name, so we really love you. I was also a fan of Paul Lind, too. So I was, know, too. That, funny guy. Yeah. He was a funny guy. Wow. You know, I've done a little bit of community theater acting. You have. You have. And you are a good community yeah. theater actor. But I, I blatantly stole from Paul Lind and one of my, in, not Paul Lind, not that guy who just wrote us a letter, but Paul Lind years ago. This was 20 something years ago. Uh, I did a college production of Bye Bye Birdie and I played Mr. McAfee, Harry McAfee, which is the role that Paul Lind made famous both on Broadway and in the film. And I 100 percent just did a two hour Paul Lind impression as my performance. Did you really? Wow. I did. Okay. I just stole blatantly from Mr. Lind. <laughs> so thank you, Paul Lind. I am giving you full credit for my performance in uh, in 1994 production of Bye Bye Birdie. I feel better now. I feel like I've unburdened myself. Well, you did good. That's great. But and you got to you got that fun of actually being Paul Lynn for a while, which is a great. Yes. What great fun. Wow. <laughs> That's true. That's true. From Laura Empey, Ryan and Jeff. That's us. Ever thought of doing a podcast about the pranks on the show? 
What do you think? Well, I suppose we could, I guess. Yeah. I think that's maybe something we could look at down the road. Yeah, I think we could probably do that somewhere down the road. Thank you, Lloyd. That's that's actually a topic that I had not yet thought of, yeah. not considered. So uh, thank you, Laura, for that idea. And we, uh, we may be doing that here in a future episode. And speaking of future episodes, <laughs> Christopher Mincer on Twitter, he kind of called me out and said, Hey, Ryan, when will you guys discuss your favorite episodes from season three? And it, I suddenly realized when Christopher tweeted at us, I, until that point, I had completely forgotten that we, uh, we hadn't discussed season three yet. You know, we did, we talked about season one. We've, we've talked about episodes from season two and then we did like 10 episodes <laughs> and I kind of fell off the wagon there. So, uh, Christopher, thank you for the reminder. We will be doing that here. So if you're on our Facebook page or if you follow us on Twitter, Keep an eye out because we'll be putting the call out for your favorite episodes from season three very soon. And I'd like to say something to all of our wonderful listeners and to all of the people who look at Facebook. In case you do something and I uh, post a response to you and I do it stupidly, <laughs> I apologize. I don't have any idea how Facebook works. <laughs> I, I try. Um, I do have a manual that I, you know, look at from time to time, but it is confusing <laughs> to me. So if I screw it up and say something stupid or put the wrong name somewhere, I'm sorry. Manual. That's your pool boy, isn't it? Manual. <laughs> he's, he's here. Manual. <laughs> he knows he's so here. much about Facebook. He's Should we bring him on? You want to talk to him? Manual. Hey, <laughs> Okay. All right. Never mind. He's very busy with the pool right now. Very busy. My wife is out there comforting him, so I don't know what that's about. <laughs> Let's see. From uh, where, uh, Michelle Gaynor. Jeff and Ryan, I wanted to thank you for such a great show. My husband and I listened to the interview with Mike Farrell, and we were hooked. Wow, cool. As I was re-watching some of my favorite episodes, I thought of a good question for Jeff. Whoa, that's me. Jeff. What was Edward Winter like in real life? Colonel Flagg is one of my favorite characters at the 4077, and episodes featuring him are among the ones I've watched so many times. I know all the words. Deal Me Out Season 2 is my all-time favorite episode featuring all your best cameos. Pat Morita, Alan Arbus, Edward Winter, John Ritter. Oh, poor John Ritter. As well as my favorite exchange, Flagg. Hey, up close your... <laughs> You're a man, Clinger. <laughs> Far away too. Glad to have some. I'm, I'm ruining this. Glad to have something to listen to that celebrates a show completely before my time, <sighs> but so deeply buried in my heart. Best Michelle Gaynor. Thank you, Michelle, for saying that. Okay, what was the question? I forget. Um, what was Edward Winter really like? And of course, for everybody listening, Edward Winter played Colonel Flag. Um, okay, Edward Winter. He was one of the funniest. I, too, share the uh, appreciation of Edward Winter. I watched him one day. He was doing, and you guys probably know the episode. I don't. But he was ramming his head into a file cabinet. Yes. And he kept doing that. And I, I, I was standing there watching, and nobody could keep a straight face. Everybody was on the floor and holding their mouths and their stomachs and everything when he was doing this. Because it was one of the funniest things that 14 people watching this had ever seen in their lives. And he did it. He committed to it so beautifully. And he committed to that part so well. He, he just lived that guy. And he was the nicest most pleasant, friendly, uh, unassuming, charming guys you ever want to meet. So he was a terrific guy, wonderful actor, handsome guy. Um, all girls liked him. 
And uh, just a terrific guy. I mean, he really, really was. And boy, he interpreted that part and it was so beautifully played. Every time he was on, everybody loved it. So yeah, good guy. And gone way too soon. I mean, he, oh, he passed away in 2001. Yeah. Can you believe it's he's been gone that long? That's that's crazy. And yeah, he, yeah just a tremendous actor. He made so many guest appearances on so many other shows and he was on Broadway. But to have a role where I'm, not, I'm, I'm trying to see how many episodes that he was on on MASH, he wasn't on that many episodes. No. But to be able to come in and only have a handful of episodes and to be known as that character and a character that's not necessarily a player pleasant character, right? but still is beloved, you know, and for that to be a career defining character for him, I'm thinking that had to be very special for him. Yeah. Oh, here it is. How many episodes do you think he appeared on MASH? Uh, I'm going to guess five. Close. Seven. Seven. Okay. Which is surprising because when you think of Colonel Flagg, you think, well, my goodness, he had to have been on, you know, a couple of episodes every season throughout the run. But no, he was only on seven episodes. So thank you, Michelle, for that question. We appreciate that. So uh, Brody Smith, Brody says, uh, I have certainly enjoyed the podcast and have gained a greater appreciation for Igor as a character and for Jeff as an actor. Oh, you're going to read that one more time? Just out of, just for, sure. I mean, in it's case a, somebody he didn't said, hear it. Yeah. <laughs> I've certainly enjoyed the podcast and have gained a greater appreciation for Igor as a character and for Jeff as an actor. Oh, wow. That's really nice. Thank you. Wow. He goes on to say, your show has generated a renewed sense of joy in walking through the MASH series since we own all the seasons. He's watched it again and again. So thank you, Brody. That's very nice. Yeah. I, I wonder if he's gained a greater appreciation for me as an actor because perhaps on the podcast, he considers me an idiot <laughs> and I look pretty good on TV. Maybe there's a... I'm just hands waving in the air here. I, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> he's he's so inept on the podcast. So when I watch him on the show, yeah. it's amazing that he's able to get a sentence out without falling down. It's <laughs> yeah. incredible what acting skills he has. <laughs> True. Yeah, I don't think that's what he meant. Well, I appreciate it. But I thank you, Brody, very, very much for those kind, kind words. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Who's a, who else is in here? <laughs> Oh, Laura Elivari. 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 I want to know how to pronounce her name. Olivieri. Olivieri. Laura Olivieri. I love Laura Olivieri. Laura. Laura, how, where have you been? My pussycat, Laura Olivieri. Laura, and I know you're listening, Laura. If you're not taking that audio cut right there and not making it your ringtone, I, I'm going to be <laughs> sorely, sorely disappointed. Well, there is a, I do get residuals for that ringtone. Now, so be careful, Laura. <laughs> I follow another MASH fan page on Facebook called MASH. Well, that's an interesting name for that. Um, the greatest TV show ever. Oh, that's the whole name, I guess. Yeah, yeah. We have a blast reminiscing about the show, Dialogue and Actors. This week, I posted a question on that page asking for MASH menu items for a MASH-themed restaurant. Ha-ha! In less than a day, more than 350 MASHers responded with MASH food and beverage options. It was a lot of fun. And since Igor served so much of it and Jeff has a cookbook on the subject, I thought you might like to see what we came up with. Aha! And, of course, all items served with your choice of condiments, which are arranged according to height and popularity. There's your ketchup, your mustard, your relish, mayonnaise, oil and vinegar, salt and pepper, and sweet and sour gherkins all in a row. Very cool! 
So basically, she put together the menu, which we will share on our Facebook page and in the show notes for this episode at MASHMatterspodcast.com. This is fun because, as you know, Jeff, food played such a huge role Mm -hmm. in the show. No matter how it tasted, it was a big deal. So you have everything from drinks like uh, grape knee-high and tomato juice to uh, Hawkeye and Trapper and BJ's bootleg gin to uh, lime Kool-Aid with strips of bologna in it. (laughs) And you move on to desserts where you have Peg's rum cookies and Kentucky Derby cake with that dumb white icing and scotch a la mode. And then, of course, you have entrees like a river of liver and an ocean of fish. Mm. Lots of great stuff. We're going to put this menu on our Facebook page and on our website because it is uh it's it's fun to read. So thank you Laura Olivieri for posting that question on another mash group. Interestingly enough, there was some talk about actually doing a mash themed restaurant. Really? There are all kinds of legalities involved in doing it and 20th Century Fox is certainly well now it's Mickey Mouse I guess is very involved in it. So the rights and who owns the rights and who gets paid and what they get and how that works is all pretty complicated. But there really was, I actually was involved with a little project years ago about doing the mess tent, which would have been a fun kind of tribute to the mash environment. And you'd be kind of a cafeteria style restaurant where you go and we'd get the, you know, the kind of those army metal plates or trays and everything. And you get their food slopped on you and (laughs) stuff like that. So it was talked about for real. And there were people who go, well, I'll put in 20 bucks. (laughs) Um, So we only raised a. Think about $112, so we couldn't open the thing with that. <laughs> How much more do you need? I can throw in like 15 if, if we need it. All right. Well, we can start again. I mean, maybe this is it. We yeah. can get one of those Kickstarter, you know, campaigns going for this. I don't yeah. Know. Man, that would be interesting. That That's fun. Well, I, I love this menu, and thanks to Laura for uh, submitting that to us. Speaking of things that were submitted to us... <laughs> We got a very interesting and slightly disturbing email from Eric Engler. Uh, My goodness. Yeah. My gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Eric. Goodness gracious. I don't don't know what to say, Eric. Um, (laughs) He says in his message, he says, I just wanted to thank you for such a great podcast. Here are some pictures on how I keep MASH going. I don't think that's actually going to keep MASH going. That might end the entire thing forever. He sent us some pictures. He says, this is a cosplay I did of Klinger two weeks ago at a convention in North Carolina, and I won an award for best individual. He says he's also going to be doing a masquerade contest Labor Day weekend at Dragon Con in Atlanta. Thank you again for the inspiration. Oh my goodness, I am scared to death that we inspired this, but... If you are at Dragon Con in Atlanta on Labor Day weekend, and uh, this will be coming out, this episode will be coming out on September 1st. So you have been warned. There may be a gruff looking gentleman with a uh, with a goatee wearing a big yellow dress and petticoat walking around Dragon Con. Don't be alarmed. Don't be scared. It's just Eric Engler and his tribute to Maxwell Klinger. And these pictures, Jeff... I don't know what to say. These pictures are something else, aren't they? Well, it's interesting that he's had MASH 4077 tattooed on his uh, legs, which uh, <laughs> is kind of an interesting shot. We'll see that when you put, we'll post that so you can understand. Yeah, that. well, they're not actually on his legs. I think you could say that they've been printed on his bloomers. Oh, those are the bloomers. Oh, I, I thought he had it 
permanently tattooed on his legs. Well, that would have been good. This shows some some commitment right here. Oh, where is Eric from? What what's what city? Do I don't know? know where he's from. Oh. Yeah, he didn't say where he was from. I just know that he, he did this in a convention in North Carolina and then in Atlanta is where he'll be. We will post these pictures on our website and also on Facebook <laughs> so you can see. There's like four different poses and the one with uh, him looking demure behind the fan is probably my favorite. Yeah, I like the one with the cigar. And maybe yes. Eric will pay us to take the photos down. That might be a workable thing. You know, we've been trying to figure out how to make some money on this whole podcast gig. Yeah. Blackmail may just be the route. Blackmail. Yes. I think that's a good idea. What a great idea. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Well... And he also, he's going to be appearing at the uh, men's uh, section of the psychiatric hospital in South Carolina as well in that get up. <laughs> we may be raising bail for Eric before this is all over. <laughs> he looks like a big canary, doesn't he? Yeah. It's something like a canary with a hat on. <laughs> I like the one with a cigar. Yes. Eric, we're going to make you a star, I think. <laughs> I love it. Or there will be security agents at your house or something. Yeah, right. I, don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but <laughs> thank you for sharing these pictures, Eric. We really do appreciate it. Oh, um, okay. So uh, we've been talking for a while here. And we I, have, okay, before we, before we, uh, I mean, we could, well, you and I, we could talk forever. We do. Yeah. We enjoy doing that. I have a question for you. Yes. And you may have a special answer. And if you do, maybe you can say, okay, we'll do that next week. Or we'll talk about that in another episode if you have a lot to say. Okay. But we've been doing this podcast now. This is our 22nd episode. Our next episode will be our one year anniversary. Oh my gosh. Can you oh believe that? God. Yeah. What are you going to get me? It's going to be something good, I hope. I don't know. I'll have to look up. What is the traditional gift for the first anniversary? I forget. I'll register at uh, Nordstrom's here in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> so we've talked to numbers of people. Uh, we've talked to people in the cast. We've talked to writers. We've talked to ourselves. We've talked to <laughs> guests. We've talked to all kinds of people regarding MASH and going over lots of, of the different parts and philosophies of MASH. We did it, I think, as a way to not only reminisce and celebrate the show, but also as a way of, of exploring and, and revealing things. So people could learn things about the show. And so after 22 episodes, I think people out there have probably learned stuff about the show they didn't know uh, and they have feelings about it. So, Ryan, you are an ardent MASH fan. We know that. My question is, what after 22 episodes of going through this, have you learned about MASH that you may not have known? Uh... I, I don't know. Uh. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Back to the mailbag. Let's see. Uh, hi, no, Devin Ryan. That's, that's a great question. That maybe a, that wasn't fair. I mean, that was a, it's no, a pretty no, loaded no. question to say, hey, what have you learned after 22 episodes? My God. Well, and, and you knew a lot of, you know a lot about MASH. I mean, you are, a, you are an expert. I do. I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I know everything. And my goodness, there are some fans out there who know every little thing about MASH. And I, I may be a huge fan, but there are some super fans out there. So um, I've learned a lot in this podcast, but I don't necessarily think that I, I've learned big 
earth-shaking, you know, revelations. However, what I've come away with, I think, more than anything from this podcast so far, and I don't think that's going to change with anything that's going to be revealed in, in upcoming episodes, is that MASH is everything that I hoped it would be. Mm-hmm. I, I'm so thankful because when, when we started this podcast and we were going to talk about behind the scenes and we were going to talk to the people who helped make this show what it was, one of the things I always get concerned about whenever I look behind the wizard's curtain is that I'm going to be disappointed, that I'm going to find out that it was a terrible place to work <laughs> and that Alan Aldo would go home and, uh, you know, and kick his dog. And <laughs> I, that was a legitimate concern on my part because I have been in other situations, not necessarily with this podcast or with MASH, but there have been other situations in my life where I have been able to look behind the scenes of certain things or, or things that I love. And after you see how the sausage is made, you walk away sometimes going, oh, okay, well, that kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. Let me just say after 22 episodes, everything is still tasty. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Mash yeah. is still unbelievably tasty. And so I, I hope that that answer doesn't disappoint you that you, you were looking for specifics. But And also, I'd love to hear from listeners, too, and pose that question to listeners. In the first 22 episodes of of MASH Matters, you know, what have you learned that really did make a huge impression on you? You know, if there's anything that you have heard uh, from our guests or from Jeff or even maybe from me, I don't know. We'd love to hear from you. So you can can always reach out to us, mashmatterspodcast at gmail.com. You can find us through our website, mashmatterspodcast.com. You can hit us up on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. Here's the deal. We love getting these emails and reading your messages. We would so much rather listen to you tell your story. So if you would like to call and leave a voicemail that we can play on the show, call 513-436-4077 and tell us what have you learned from MASH Matters so far? We'd love to hear from you. Good idea. And you know, that was a great answer, Ryan. I I, I appreciated it. I think that was a lovely uh, resolution. <laughs> <laughs> to, to that question, because, it, it, you know, saying specifics, you can go like, well, yeah, I learned that the food wasn't any good. <laughs> kind of having that uh, sense uh, about mash and, and sort of going, hey, yeah, it is what I had hoped it would be. That's that's really fun. I got I got chills hearing. That. And well, and speaking of the food, OK, is one thing I have learned is that you said the food actually was good. So that's that's a big deal right there. The food was good. The food was always produced and made by the commissary at 20th Century Fox. And it was brought in in big uh, uh, silver trays in the morning. And uh, they'd take the tinfoil off of them and uh, we'd all eat it. <laughs> <laughs> we'd throw bacon at each other and stuff like that. The bacon was really good. It got old after, you know, you shoot the scene a little while. And after an hour, the bacon kind of got crummy but yeah initially it was good we would nibble on it and stuff what they used to do some of the uh, the prop guy would kind of mush up the potatoes and stuff to make things a little mushier than they normally would have been but it, generally it was really tasty food <laughs> so <laughs> and that right there that's what i'm talking about peeking behind the wizard's curtain and finding out that the food in the mess tent was actually good i don't know how i feel about that jeff i really don't <laughs> i really don't yeah i may not be able to sleep tonight I'm just saying. Behind the big Viking stove at the 4077. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) 
So we'll close with this. Uh, we've already heard from Brody Smith earlier in this episode, but Brody also reached out to us on Twitter and said, I just finished the latest episode of MASH Matters, which included part one of a conversation with the beloved Mike Farrell. And I was appalled, appalled, I say, appalled that they did not end with the customary send off. Hashtag, here's looking up your old address. So Brody... I don't know. I don't know what to say, Brody. I don't know how I, I don't know how to make this up to you. Well, we could just say it and maybe it'll help him feel better. And then he can get a psychiatrist and that'll really help him feel better. I don't know, <laughs> Brody. You know, you might want to look into that. Thank you, Jeff, for another great episode. Thank you, Ryan. And for Brody, here's looking up your old address. 